Welcome back to Legit Bat. We have a David Zed here today from Generation Zed Podcast. And who knows what we're going to talk about. We're going to get into all kinds of shit with this guy. It's going to be fun. You can find us on Instagram at Legit Bat Podcast. Patreon.com slash Legit Bat Podcast. If you want to support us, send us a beer. Whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll, get, we'll just jump right into this though, dude. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your show and how you got into what you do. Sure. So first off, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, guys. It's really a, it's a, it's an honor and I really appreciate it. Um, so the, basically what I do on my show is I cover everything. Well, I try to cover everything, mainly extraterrestrial, uh, some political, uh, some paranormal, mainly because a lot of the the three kind of like intermesh with one another, so to speak. Uh, you can't really talk about one without talking about the other kind of thing. Um, but generally, the, the way I got into the show uh, to making the show was... Um, when the whole pandemic started about a year ago, I said to myself, you know, I've been interested in the alien stuff for a while, but, and you know, there were certain topics I was searching up and I was finding that certain stuff that I searched up, I couldn't, um, I couldn't find anymore in like, you know, the, the, the regular or traditional like Google search filter, whatever. So long story short, I then started using DuckDuckGo, which is far more uncensored. But then I still said to myself, I said, I go, there doesn't seem to be a place where this could be connected or put together. And so that's why I started the show not to not I didn't start the show because I want to tell people like, hey, this is the way it is. I just want to open up another possible angle to a way of thinking. It doesn't mean that, you know, everything I say is correct or, or incorrect for that matter. But that's basically how uh, how I got into it. That's uh, basically what we do, too. It's not a, it's not about, you know, what's right or wrong or real or not, because I think everyone's pretty confused about that these days anyway. It's more about just uh, getting the conversation going, getting the people on that have different opinions, you know. Well, I've just, said I've said that since uh, we started. I think it was at the close of the year. Uh, Joe said, "You know what? Since we've started this, um, has anything in your mind changed about any of the things that we've talked about, the way you think?" And I said, "You know what's funny? It's not so much that I've changed much about how I think. It's about for me entertaining." Anything that comes my way, like it's a possibility, which for me is very new. I wouldn't say right. that I was closed-minded. I've always been pretty open-minded, but I'm open-minded to the point of hearing a good story and then right afterwards being like, all right, that guy was psycho and uh, that was a bunch of bullshit. Whereas now I actually look at it and I go, you know what? That's actually fucking possible. Like at, after 2020, it's all possible. Well, and the more we hear about these stories and I mean, whether it's UFOs or political or, you know, any kind of paranormal shit, we do, we cover, it sounds like basically the same stuff, but the more you hear about these, the more you're like, right. well, all those could be totally real. They could all be totally bullshit, but there's a lot of evidence that shows they very well could be. Well, like you said, well, you start to see them all connecting dots together you go, okay, there's one too many coincidences here. In all of these different realms that we're talking about, political, like you said, you can't really research the one without the other. The more that this goes on, the more research that's done, the more we talk about it, the more you start to see how... Everything intersects. Yeah, it's not all different spheres. It's all different dots on the same sphere. And it's like, huh, well, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it in that light. 
Exactly. And that's the other thing too, right? Because when we look at it, it's kind of like the paranormal thing or the paranormal topic leads you indirectly to the ufo topic because we see in some instances you know some footage of ufos having certain light orbs or certain energy frequencies that seem to be consistent with that of what you know people with paranormal experiences have whether it's you know telepathic uh, you know telekinesis gang stalking or literally just feeling like you know your house is haunted or you've been or someone close to you has been um, you know possessed or what have you or fry uh, like for, i'll give you a quick example <laughs> Exactly. And just to give a quick, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, to give a, to give a quick example, I was doing a, a Zoom call with some of my Patreon members a few hours ago, and we made a, a I, I, it was something that kind of just flew over my head. Maybe you guys have heard of it, but so you've heard of black goo by any chance? Yeah, I, I have. Yeah. yeah. Just recently, actually, as a result of uh, talking about some very, very in-depth out-of-body experiences uh, due to ayahuasca experiences. Right. Oh, oh cool, cool. Goo. So the reason why... Sorry? Oh, he, I think he just said I the just, black goo. Yeah, he just said the black goo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I, I was, I'm bringing this up because I'm talking with some of the, um, the, the members of my Patreon community, and we're looking and we're realizing that we're sharing experiences about, for example, paranormal possession. And after someone has, you know, hopefully and allegedly released the demon from their body, so to speak, you know, most of the times, you know, a priest or a doctor will will write down the record of what happened. And at the end, they end up throwing up. But what they end up throwing up is not really explainable. It's like this literally like I have no other way of explaining it, but black uh, goo, so to speak. And it seems to be consistent with that of what, you know, possessions tend to occur with, like in terms of, you know, this type of ability for this type of, I, I don't want to use the word demonic, but negative type of energy or manifestation to be able to, to kind of, you know, maneuver its way around. And it seems to be consistent with, uh, with the CIA's uh, programmable matter and things like that too, that they're trying to work on. Well, trying to work on i think they have it down packed but anyway oh, for sure <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot, a lot of those things that uh exist that you know in our mythology but in the real world somewhere it probably fucking does exist oh oh absolutely man like there's just there's so much out there like it's not it, like again like you guys said at the beginning of the show after 2020 literally things that we thought you know three, four years ago, even if we were still interested in this subject, things that we thought we, we would have said, oh, I don't know about that or, you know, what have you. Now it's kind of like, you know what, we, we reapproach it and it's like, shit, like, I really do consider this much more seriously. Yeah, there's a there is a limit to it. Like we were talking about on the uh, Union of the Unwanted the other night, the uh, psychic Sasquatch. That's the only question I had was. That's kind of where I draw the line, not at uh, psychism in general, but as a, you know, the psychic Sasquatch thing. I've heard so many stories. I'm sure you've heard of Mysterious Universe. They cover so many stories like that where there's some lunatic, I mean, at least to our brains, that is, you know, psychically connecting with Sasquatch. And that's, I can believe a lot of things and listen to a lot of stories, but what I was trying to tell, uh, what I was trying to get across is that when you have somebody that's like psychically connected to something, I will listen to it. But when you start talking all this flowery language, that's just stuff that you could have just made up. If you, if Sasqu if Sasquatch or anything else you're psychically connected to told you how to build an atomic bomb and then you went out and did it, I'd be like, wow, 
there's something going on there because there's no way this dude just knows how to make an atomic bomb. But when Sasquatch is saying, you need to stop using nuclear weapons and, you know, all that, that trope of the aliens telling us we need to stop destroying ourselves, that's when I'm like, okay, this is stuff we can come up with, though. Tell me something that we don't know yet, then I'll believe that you're, you know, connecting to this thing. Well, yeah, and my thing with the whole psychism connected to that considering the fact that everybody is still talking about whether or not um, <clears throat> Bigfoot and things like that exist, which, granted, I know that a lot of people are like, yeah, we're pretty sure that it exists now. It's just finding that, that here he is, you know, uh, arena. Even in the event that that is the case, the people that are talking about hearing messages and stuff like that through psychism is I'm like, okay, you also know that quite literally no one can actually disprove you and that's the first skepticism that I have is I'm like you're for all I know you could be creating a story for the sole purpose that you could tell any story you wanted and no one can disprove you because nobody else is being psychically relayed to like that so how are we going to disprove you so whenever exactly. I whenever I have a single lane like that I go no I'm not going to believe that <laughs> <laughs> no exactly that's the thing too like for example if we look at the cases of you know people saying when they live out in in more isolate uh, isolated areas of land you know large vast sums of land they say they get visited by an extraterrestrial and this and that and they're or they're telepathically told that just like you guys said to you know we got to slow down with the technology because the technology is moving faster than we can comprehend it as humans and you know it's going to create a lot of problems again you guys make a fantastic point it's like okay tell us something we don't know and yeah. overall in general i would like to think right right and i would like to think an intelligent species would say something more the uh, more than just that the only rebuttal i would have to that is Maybe they realize how, I guess, self-destructive humanity is as a whole. But the only other thing, too, that you guys made a great point as well, is that if someone says they were telepathically told something and then they go out and do it when you knew for a fact they didn't know how to do it beforehand, that is something to really consider then. Or, for example, if, you know, someone, you know, that voice that you kind of have in your gut or your head or whatever you want to your instinct, something tells you something. And then, you know, a week later, a month later, it happens exactly the way that you you were you felt like you were told. And you don't know who told you. It's kind of like a voice was just talking to you. That's also interesting as well, too. But like when synchronicity type like, of you know, idea. Oh, right, right. When someone says something like, oh, you know, they say it after the fact. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. It's like it's the same idea. You know, yeah. it doesn't like there's uh, respectfully. I would like to believe you, but there's nothing to substantiate it. Right. Exactly. Like, if, if I were to come up to Joe next week from today and I were to say, right. hey, man, um. A fucking bird outside told me how to create the next SpaceX rocket. And uh, I made it in my backyard, and I'm ready to fly it. And then Joe came over, and he took a look at it. First of all, he knows I don't do drugs. Secondly, he knows <laughs> I don't talk to fucking animals, and I'm going to shit on anybody who says that they do. And thirdly, right. <laughs> I'm not an aerospace engineer. So if all three of those things, knowing the relationship, which is another big thing when it comes to these stories... What is the relationship to the person that is telling you that story? I know for a fact that me being in my position, if I came up to Joe and I told him all of this, and then he looked in my backyard, and I had a working rocket ready to fly in my backyard, he would go, holy shit, Ben talked to a fucking bird, and it showed him how to make a rocket. 
because I'm not learning that anywhere else, right. and I didn't do it in a week. Right. So the the other oh, ugh, I can't talk again. The only other thing with that is uh, there's been plenty of cases and stories where somebody meets this entity or they have a psychic connection to something and they lead them on this like wild goose chase type of deal. And there, I think that's a legitimate thing where they're actually conversing with something but it always ends up being some wild goose chase. And that's another telltale sign that it was a, you know, a trickster entity or whatever else, the gin, there's plenty of names for it. But so I think there's legitimate ones, legitimate ones that are out to fuck with you and then just crazy people. So it's hard to like, you know, decipher between all of those. That that's the other thing too. And I would dare to say that the, um, the intelligence agencies, not just of the West, but around the world, they also kind of rely on that. Because if we look at some of the documents that they themselves have declassified, what we see there is it's almost like they kind of, the thing with, for example, I use the CIA because it's probably the most popular common example. It's almost like you think they're about to get this close to disclosure in terms of, you know, paranormal capabilities, some type of energy frequency, or even aliens, you know, extraterrestrials. They get this close and then all of a sudden they kind of just let it go. They kind of just they throw it out there to, and they kind of just say, well, you know, you decide for yourself, just like the uh, the the document dump from a couple months ago when they released all those documents. They kind of just a lot of them, the, the documents that I found to be the most significant were coincidentally reports of reports, which was interesting. So it was like a CIA report of a Russian KGB report from 1975, for example. I saw that right. One. And huh. one of them. Oh, you you know what the when when the gray aliens turn into an orb? Yeah, I actually read that one because somebody had shared that specific one because it that's a fucking crazy one out of the declassified oh. documents. Like right? Yeah, yeah. Continue. Well, uh, thank you. No, I was just gonna say um the like when I looked at that, I mean, in a certain way, it's. I would dare to argue that that is on the like the very precipice or like the edge of confirmation because what the CIA has done there, it's it's not like the CIA said, oh, this was a newspaper report or whatever. This was the CIA doing counter surveillance on the KGB. Right now, the KGB document is right there. And it said we were ordered by the Russian, the USSR to shoot down uh, the, the head of the USSR, um, Gorbachev at the time yeah. by President Gorbachev to shoot down this craft. And they just got a nick of it so that the craft ended up shooting down. And very quick side note, I noticed these craft are these alien craft are very hard to shoot down. But if you can get even a nick on it, then it, they'll, they'll they'll fall. But the point, though, is that it ended up falling and about a dozen gray aliens came out, according to this KGB report. And they all, as, as sort of a self-defense mechanism, they all came together into this big ball of light and then self-exploded along with the craft, too. Now, that tends to you know, suggest to me that some of these gray aliens are, in fact, vessels, as many people think, or like, you know, synthetic robots, extremely advanced ones, because they have no reproductive organs. They're extremely emotionless, things like this. Not to say you have to have emotion to be a creature. Um, you know, look at look at reptilians, for example. You know what I mean? But and nothing against them. But um, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when we see that it's it's at that point, I, I don't know. I mean, we look at, for example, the, the former DNI, uh, John Radcliffe, saying that clearly this technology was not made on this planet. It's nothing that humans have. That was uh, recent, too, wasn't it? Within the last month or so? Month or oh, two? that was, I, I think, like five days ago. I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm not trying to... Here's the thing. Uh, sorry for this little rant, but I'm not trying to get the world with, like, <laughs> with, my, with my show. I'm not trying to get the world to say, you know, hey... Um, 
you know, you have to believe that aliens are real. But if we look at it objectively, aside from the government themselves coming out and saying this is legit, I don't know what else. We, like the only thing we're short of, we're missing is an alien coming down in front of our houses and just walking out of its ship. Like, I, I don't know what else there is to, to say. Like, if we want to talk about evidence, the evidence is there. Now, there's a difference between evidence and proof. Evidence means that we have probable cause. Proof means, no, it's like, no, we, we got it. It's right in front of us. That's it. You know what I mean? Right. So in terms of the evidence, it, I there's tons of it. Like, Yeah, they, there's been, you know, half a decade's or a half a century's worth of evidence. And right. the, we talk about this all the time, how the government denied, denied, denies. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we've totally been doing that for, you know, 20 years or whatever, which I don't. That's the other thing is it's hard to believe <laughs> what I mean, hard to, you know, believe whatever they say. So when they even do come out and like, acknowledge that they had this ufo uh research thing that they did i don't know how much to believe of that either so if they eventually do come out and disclose something i don't know if i'm gonna really take much stock in that well i think uh i think there was a big 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 turning point um i know that uh <clears throat> just our last episode we had on uh chris and Corey from what is it forbidden knowledge news forbidden knowledge news yeah we had chris and Corey on and i uh, you know, Corey's whole thing is is that he he's a history buff, but his he considers the biggest event in history World War Two. Um, if you want to talk some fucking paranormal shit, and then you want to talk about evidence being there, but for whatever reason we're no longer we don't we don't have the quote unquote proof anymore. Look right. into fucking World War Two and aliens. It'll blow your fucking mind if you haven't done it already. So for the listeners out there, that's a good read. Um, there is Are all... you referring? Sorry, you referring to the Nazis? Not yeah. just the Nazis. That's the thing. So that's where everybody goes because they think of paranormal. They right. think of occult. They think of um, yeah. well, the Nazis Nazi... were deep into it, so that's why everyone right. goes there. Everybody goes to the Nazis, and there is a shitload of, like you said, evidence that that right. is all there. One of my favorite movies is Hellboy for that reason. One of my favorite gaming franchises is Wolfenstein for that reason because it yeah. actually opens up both of those portals into the idea of what everybody has been talking about since world war ii well why is everybody talking that's because it's there you can see all kinds of evidence of all almost well the united states japan the nazis all of them having these ties to reaching out to the other side for help in their efforts in the war um hmm. i right. my, my personal belief is that i think since world war ii the technology and the ability to actually contact, communicate, and document the ability to talk to extraterrestrials or aliens of that nature is the exact same time frame that when they realized what they had, they immediately started covering their tracks, which is why I think it's so hard. Now, I'm not saying people haven't contacted them prior to that, but I think there was a very big uptake or uptick in World War II and post-World War II, where contact with aliens and things like that happened so much more frequently. We have yes. way more evidence of it, way more proof of it. And I think because of that in and of itself, it started getting covered up almost immediately because they knew what they had, they knew where it was going. And I think that's why we can't find it anymore. World War II, they started having videos of the actual footage of the war. It was one of the first times, actually, I think it was the first time that we had real footage of people taking video 
during an actual battle and, and landings and things like that. That entire right. period, we just started seeing this big uptick in extraterrestrialism and things like that. And I think it was that, that exact moment where they started covering it up, and that's why we can't find the proof, but we have so much evidence. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The, um, the, uh, partly the argument is because, not necessarily with the Nazis, but mainly because we discovered or arguably rediscovered if we, you know, if, if, there, if we subscribe to the, the proposal that humanity's kind of been reset a handful of times, uh, we discovered how to split the, uh, split the atom, right? And that seems to worry these beings because they say that it really uh, sets, uh, it disrupts the cosmos and things like this. But if it's cool, I'd like to ask you guys a question. You mentioned uh, things other than the Nazis in World War II. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is there anything off the top of your head not like uh, not Nazi related that anything alien paranormal from the Second World War? I'm just curious. Um, let me look it up really quick because I know I have some in my back pocket. <laughs> Go to oh, Wikipedia. Sorry, man. I, re- I, did, I didn't mean to put oh, you no. on the spot. I'm just, uh, I'm just okay. curious. Uh, keep the conversation going. Let me find it. The, the only thing yeah, I can cool. think of is, uh, I guess, now that you mention it, most of it would be the U.S. at least looking at the Nazi stuff that was going on. So, I mean, I know the Soviets were involved in, you know, I guess that was post-World War II, but the space race and everything that happened after that seemed to be directly related to what happened during World War II. Uh, you never really know, though. I mean, how much of your history do you believe, too? We just had that conversation. Uh, we don't know how well, much of I history could- to believe, so... Well, that's the other thing, too. If I could say quickly as well, if we're talking evidence, um, like you guys were saying, there's so much of it. But if we take a look, for example, at Operation Paperclip, which was considered a conspiracy up until, you know, I think something like 10, 15 years ago, the government finally acknowledged that it was legitimate, that they basically the United States was competing with Russia against Russia, excuse me, to take as many Nazi scientists as they could after the war to obviously for many different reasons. And Operation Paperclip seemed to have been a success because because they in the Nazis basically the Nazi scientists some of them were just Nazis because they had no choice to support it or else they were gonna get killed some of them were full-on like Nazi supporters their records uh, were wiped clean but what's interesting from that more importantly is that aside from getting man to or humankind to the moon Herman Oberth along with Warner von Braun who so Herman Oberth was Warner von Braun's mentor mentor excuse me and they were leading the program with the Americans as well as the the, the Nazi scientists who had their records clean uh, wiped in order to try to create the rocket propulsion for yep. the Saturn V rockets but more importantly Herman Oberth had said he goes there's an actual quote of him saying um it's something don't quote me specifically but it's something along the lines of we cannot attribute all of the advanced propulsion and um technologies to to just us we have had help from the people of other worlds so at that point i mean you know like i I don't know what else there is to say like it has yet that quote has yet to be debunked you know like i don't yeah well yeah that was one of the biggest things for me after i heard about operation paperclip was that what emerged from that was basically nasa and mm. I mean, most of, I mean, Werner von Braun being um, probably the top person, didn't he have something to do with the start of NASA with the rocket propulsion and uh, JPL? And so when you have that direct link from Nazis to NASA, and then you think about all the people that are kind of questioning NASA a lot these days, especially. Um, right. Yeah, that was one of the things that blew my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, all of that space shit could be fake and then you get the flat earthers out there and that kind of makes sense not jumping on the flat earth yet but that it is interesting (laughs) like everything else we talk about it is interesting 
I, 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 bit, I have a bit of a perspective on Flat Earth, too, because I can understand where a lot of the people uh, who believe in it are coming from. At the same time, a friend of mine proposed recently, he just he just threw the idea out there. He goes, what if Flat Earth is a form to make the people who believe in the hollow Earth theory look silly? Um, and hollow Earth stemmed as well from World War II, the Nazis, the map of what they called Agartha. Right. They said they had found the access point within Antarctica, which wasn't that a project or Operation High Jump. Is that the same thing? I was. Well, it led to that. It led to that because the Nazis had allegedly found it first. There were documents showing they did. And um, long story short, it was covered up by the allies. Right. And uh, then what happened was Admiral Byrd then did a a thing for Warner Brothers because they were around at the time as a, a film company justifying because that was back in the day when you know you had to justify where every single well i would like to think every single dollar went of the of the taxpayers money nowadays they just take it and say f you right i mean we don't know where where i am (laughs) even in canada here too it's the same thing that's why i feel like i could speak on behalf of you guys as well but long story short you could see that admiral bird in this video he looks a little uncomfortable kind of like the guys um neil armstrong and buzz aldrin from the moon landing press conference it was like there was something they he wanted to say that he just couldn't and long story short the antarctic treaty was signed shortly after and this is one of the few treaties in the history of modern mankind where a bunch of countries have come together and very easily and very strongly said yeah no problem we're not going to go there unless we tell unless we tell the united states we're not going there you know what yep. i mean and i i have yet to see that occur ever again in terms of a deal like a a deal with no negotiations, no nothing. It's just like, yeah, we're washing our hands of it, you know? Yeah, the, the Antarctica thing was another one that blows my mind, too, just to think about it. Because um, the Flat Earth obviously has a different perspective on what Antarctica is. But Antarctica, even thinking of it in the, you know, the globe Earth model, is pretty interesting. That you're not allowed to go there. There's only certain spots. I mean, you can go there as a tourist, but I think there's quite a few hoops you got to jump through. Yeah, they they have, you know, the research facilities there that are manned by however many countries. And I would love to have somebody who's rich and famous, or maybe not famous, at least rich, man a team down there and just bring a bunch of us with them so we could see what the fuck's down there. Right. And that's the other thing, too. If we look at, again, just basic Google uh, Google satellite images on Google Earth and stuff like that, we see tons of UFOs and alleged, you know, crashed UFOs and very strange anomalistic things just from the still images taken for, from Google Earth. And all of a sudden it gets blocked out. Certain coordinates get blocked out. Certain images go viral online. And all of a sudden Google makes those coordinates not viewable. So it's like if it's not real, why did you block the coordinates? You know, yeah. if it's not real, why did why did you block this? Why did you block that? And so again, Antarctica is interesting. There's a theory that it wasn't it wasn't uh, cold there at one point, which would explain the um, the magnetic shift in the the unexplained sorry magnetic shift in the poles as well too. Certain parts of it, you take a compass there, and it just starts going crazy. Yeah. Know? Yeah, we just had an episode uh, we did about Hollow Earth, and that was following the episode we did with uh, David Weiss on Flat Earth. So it was fun to have that, you know, those two different perspectives. And I like Hollow Earth better just because I like that idea better. I like the idea that you could go in the butthole of the Earth and there's this awesome tropical, you know, all, all the, uh, <laughs> yeah. read the Admiral Bird account, but all of those, it sounds awesome to me. I want to go down there and check it out. It sounds better than a, a, an ice uh, shore, as they call it, around the whole Flat Earth. Well, that's the thing, too, right? I mean, I, the reason why I think that it, it would be interesting to, to look at the fact that hollow Earth might have been 
uh, get, gaining too much traction. And so there is a form of disinformation to spread flat earth. However, I would like to say, too, that I think flat earth as well. It could be the other way around. We also have to think of that, too. Right. Because I'm not look, I'm not ruling anything out at this point. I, I'll be honest with you guys. In my humble opinion, I'd like to think the earth is, is, is a ball. But I mean, you know. Unless I'm out there for myself, I, I don't know if I could trust the images that NASA's putting out there and things like that. Yeah, because isn't every uh, photo they put out a composite? And with the the amount of CGI that's available uh, now, I mean, even 20 years ago, not too hard to, you know, I don't want to say fake them, but not too hard to do that. One of the most interesting things uh, lately is the uh, Mars rover that they sent up there, and it's getting this, you know, supposedly live feed that's, Clear as a bell all the way from Mars, but you can't, you know, a 7-Eleven camera catching a robber looks like in Minecraft. It, it looks like 4K well, you know, video from Mars. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's honestly, it's a fantastic point. The one thing I want to point out as well, too, actually, you kind of thank you for bringing that up in my, in my mind, is that they're talking about when they, when they very um, minimally or minimalistically establish uh, or colonize Mars. They want to put um, they want to put a direct Wi-Fi connection there, right? As I mean, I, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want Wi-Fi wherever you go? But the point is, is that like you said, you said it perfectly. The Mars rover stream is clear as day, clear as day. But for some reason, the International Space Station's live feed keeps cutting out every time there's a freaking UFO that flies by. Every mm, single time yeah. there's a UFO that the ISS feed cuts out every time and NASA says we're experiencing difficulties every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Wi-Fi on Mars. That just sounds so ridiculous. I have trouble getting my Wi-Fi when I'm six feet outside my front door, but you're going to you know, make <laughs> Wi-Fi from Mars. Exactly. Except, but, the, but even, even, even so, like you said, let's just say hypothetically that what we're seeing with the, the live streaming from the Mars Rover, let's just say it's clear as day. It's legit. So that's clear. That's no problem. But the ISS, which is way closer to Earth than the Mars rover is, that's for sure, somehow keeps cutting out, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, the signal strength isn't good enough from wildly closer? The, exactly. I mean, the whole just, thing with just Mars is just, yeah, I, I don't even know what to think about that. Is but, that uh, justified by solar flares or some kind of interference from whatever the heck is? It, it could, there's metal all throughout space. Could that be interrupting any kind of signal? It could very well be, and in a, in a legitimate way, it could be. I just, if you take a look, for example, at how often the ISS live feed cuts out, it's far too like um, reoccurring. It's almost to the point where if the, and you make a great point, by the way, but if the, if the feed cut out as much as the space junk or solar flares were occurring, the ISS would have been blown up by now in terms of like how often it's happening. So it's, it's happening anywhere from two to 30 times a day on average, it cuts out. Wow. So just, just to give you an idea, when people say, for example, well, we don't see UFOs near the ISS, we, we kind of do like because people get still images before, like, you know, the, the, the two or three seconds before it cuts out. With that being said, though, I from a, a, a more, um, I guess we could say, um, I don't want to use the word realistic perspective, but I think I wouldn't rule out solar flares by any stretch of the imagination either. It could, it could, I'm not saying every single time it cuts out, there's a UFO, but it just so happens every single time. I mean, well, most times, excuse me, other times that maybe it might be legitimate, like you said, a solar flare, for example. Yeah. So th that brings up another thought about the, uh, the amount of space junk and the amount of, amount of satellites out there. And this ISS is going, you know, how many thousands of miles 
per hour or minute, whatever it is. Right. It's something crazy. But then we have Musk sending up whatever the 18,000, I think it was, satellites. How much shit is floating around up there and you never hear about anything colliding? Like, we can send a rocket up and it blows up before it even leaves the atmosphere, but there's shit flying all around out there like a fucking beehive and nothing ever seems to run into it. Exactly. That's the other thing as well, too, by the way. When we look at, like, you know, UFOs, go, um, sorry, satellites, uh, you know, falling or collapsing or something like this, what we'll find is that there's so many satellites up there that the satellites that are orbiting Earth now okay we could say you know there's software in them that may you know control it that can then curate the direction of you know the of the way of the you know the uh, the orbit of the magnetic field that you know is um i guess we could say spikes differently depending on which part you're orbiting the earth from but at the same time it's almost like we rarely see you know like space junk coming down to earth and what have you i would dare to argue we have more sightings of ufos now don't quote me on this but we have more sightings of ufos generally than that of space junk uh, coming from above and also putting the alien thing aside too we also have to think how many you know mossad mi6 cia satellites are up there as well you know what i mean oh it's got to be cluttered up there that's the ones we know about are just that the ones we know about you, you know right. for sure there's other shit up there they're not saying anything about well doesn't the moon right. help with that taking up a lot of that stuff i mean there's craters all over that thing it's picking up a lot of stuff that's keeping us alive Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the the moon definitely does. The moon helps with that, too, which, again, um, I'm not sure if you guys want to delve into this, but allegedly the moon ha is not exactly a natural uh, moon or a star or planet, whatever you want to call it. Apparently, Please do. Please delve into that. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, if I have my my information correct, um, apparently there was no record or mention of the moon up until about 15, 20,000 years ago. Now, if uh, going down the rabbit hole a little bit, this would be consistent with allegedly this, uh, there was a, a sh allegedly a shapeshifter by the name of Errol that was interviewed by a woman. I forgot her. I think her name was Carla Turner who passed away from a very mysterious set of cancer very shortly after she started making public speeches about UFO abductions and different aliens that are already living on earth that look like us. And she, and uh, this alien had said that earth was a prison planet up until about 30,000 years ago. And so, I mean, it would make sense to think of the fact that if Earth was a prison planet, that would be why we don't we seem to not have as much life within the vicinity of our galaxy in terms of like the, the planetary orbit. But at the same time, it is consistent with the fact that, for example, there's no human records, uh, at least that have been preserved of the moon existing uh, prior to 15,000 years ago. And astronomers from about 500 years ago have writings and records which could be found online very, very simply with a simple search of them saying they witnessed activity on the moon now again this is difficult because they did not have the technology we have now but at the same time there, there comes a point where we don't have to believe it but we should consider it very seriously oh yeah doesn't doesn't the print uh, prison planet idea kind of tie in with some of the the gnostic ideas too uh as far i don't know if you know any, much about that but the the archons are you know and we're basically yes, sent here yes. time after time to be in prison basically i guess yes the um the the alpha draconians or the the, the um, i guess we could say the um the arc um, i guess they refer to them as like the fallen ones or what have you yeah the alpha draconians or the um oh what was it the the dracos the reptilians you name it those yep. are the ones that allegedly are um 
are descendants of uh, the the reptiles that we now see lizards and things like this, which cons- from an emotional perspective and biological perspective kind of makes sense because we look at, you know, reptiles now, I could be wrong, but they're not as, you know, uh, emotionally driven as other animals or even humans. Right. So right. it wouldn't make the sense lizard why brain. Yeah. Right, right. Now, with that being said, too, though, again, that's not to say that they're all bad or anything like this. I'm not trying to categorize all of them into one big group. You know what I mean? I'm I'm also trying to say, too, that it's kind of like there's different factions with different interests. We also have to perceive what like um, a good or bad agenda might be from them. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, um, you know, for example, uh, let's say he. Um, so if if, if a, a reptilian or any alien, a gray alien, a, a ones that look like us, you name it, if they're doing something that we perceive as bad, we also have to think what makes what makes us think that that's bad, right? It could be to them self-serving. I'm not trying to defend, you know, these beings or what have you. It doesn't mean that what they're doing is bad, but they perceive it as simply self-serving with no other objective except for to get what they want to get done completed you know and right. uh, and stuff like that. yeah yeah it, it makes me think of the the ant hole or the ant hill analogy of it's not that we're out there to kill these ants we're just kind of observing them and you know every once in a while we fuck with them a little bit see what happens the 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 idea of earth being either a prison or a kind of a zoo or an experiment you know a lab of some sort it kind of jives with a lot of that uh, the alien encounters too. When you have the the experiments where they're always playing with people's buttholes and balls and stuff, and I mean, there's there's so many stories of that, and they're really focused on our genitals for some reason and cow anuses. I mean, if you want to go into the cow mutilations, yeah, no, it, they're real interested in cow butts too. Well, he, if I oh sorry, we're gonna say something. Oh no, I was, I was just oh, riffing. I here. thought you were gonna. <laughs> um, see, it's interesting that um, that you bring that up because. See, like when people say to me, for example, Dave, what do you do when you look when you want to look at, you know, concrete evidence for abductions or whatever? I always say, okay, what we have to do is, again, we have to look for the data points and the consistency amongst different pieces of evidence. But more importantly, what we have to look for is when people say they're abducted, they generally what ends up happening is. They'll say, you know, I was um, I was probed anally or they inserted something to or they cut open my, you know, the back of my neck or whatever. And then you'll have nothing to back that up. But then there have been people coming forward lately where they've claimed they've been abducted. And then what ends up happening is they actually go to the doctors or the hospital. They get an X-ray done and it turns out they now have these incisions on their body that cannot be explained. You know, mm-hmm. they have these little incisions on, you know, their, again, their genital, genital area on the back of their neck, on their back, on their chest, and they will not know how they got it. And what they can remember from their abduction was that there were certain parts being cut open by these, you know, like miniature laser beams, if you will, to kind of slice open the skin. And people can't explain that. And the doctors themselves don't know what to say. Yeah. It, the laser scalpels. Isn't that an actual thing we have? A laser scalpel? My. Have I watched I, too much science fiction? So. I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm not sure. Honestly, man, there's so much co- combination of 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 technology that we thought was impossible five years ago that's now possible. I have no idea. I, 
Oh, yeah. Murphy, are you going to say something? Oh, by the way, we have a guest in the studio tonight. This is my good buddy, Sean Murphy. I forgot to introduce him at the beginning. He's not usually on the show, but we went shooting today, so we came over to barbecue and uh, do this podcast. So anyway, Murphy, are you saying something? Oh, nice. No, the, the, the surgical aspect of the scars, like it's not just somebody mutilating themselves. It's not somebody picking up a sharp rock and being, oh, I, I'm, I'm being crazy, but it's actually like a surgical incision on their body that they can't explain. Correct. Some, actually not some, all of them are so precisely done that these doctors even said that some of their best surgical equipment couldn't do that. There's some human beings and cows that have been found mutilated to the point where the mutilation was ex- like, uh, based on the coroner's report of these you know, corpses, the coroner would say, there's nothing on this planet that could mutilate a body uh, of a human or a cow this precisely. Like, I mean, there's some pictures that I put up on my on my uh, my Patreon, for example, where I show it, it is quite vulgar. But I mean, it's if you want to see how precise it is. I mean, they literally rip apart the human body like they the, yeah. the whole from inside out. It's like they it's like taking, um, you know, like when you have to clean the barrel of your gun. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's literally like that. It's like that they do. It's the way it's done is so precise that some people in these abductions even recall seeing uh, humans dressed in military uh, outfits in some abduction cases. Right. But then, like I said, they, they claim to have something done to them, whether it's an anal probe or some type of incision on their body. They go to the doctors, they get an X-ray done and the incisions they thought they were just dreaming about ended up being legit. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of no one knows because here's the other thing, too. If you get that those incisions or what have you, who are you going to report it to? There's no like, you know, UFO hotline or whatever that the government has set up. Like who, who are you going to report it to? That's the other thing that they do. The government does to try to, and when I say the government, I mean certain aspects of the military industrial complex, because I, I don't believe the entire government knows it all. No chance. It's too, it's too leak prone in general. The government. No, we, we opinion, speak, we speak about that all the time about the compartmentalization of government. Oh, I mean, in oh, general, absolutely. everything's compartmentalized, but I think, especially when it comes to these topics, it's definitely very segmented as far as who knows what. But that's interesting. My labs, we haven't talked about my labs yet, military abductions. What do you think the, uh, off the top of your head, the percentage of my lab versus actual entity abduct- abductions would be? I, well, first off, thank you for the question because I, I love to answer this question because I like to see what people say when I after I say it. Um, okay, so abductions and sightings i would say for the last 20 to 30 years i would say 80 to 90 percent of them are human in terms of ufo sightings and abductions i would say they're military or human maybe that's a bit of a stretch 80 to 90 percent and but i would say that because if there's an intelligent life form with a craft of the capability of being able to do what it does i'm pretty sure they could invest they could study us much quicker than we could study them you know what I mean? So oh, I yeah. think a lot of what we see, particularly the triangle UFOs, most of it is is military. Now, I would dare to argue some of these ships are, in fact, aliens with humans on them. And then I would dare to say that the remainder 10, 20 percent are purely aliens as well, too. But here for a particular purpose, because I think if they wanted to, you know, kill us, destroy us or, you know, make themselves known to us, they would have done it by now for sure. Yeah, that was always my thing with the alien abduction thing. They, I mean, the most, the thing that made the most sense was the uh, hybrid program. It makes a lot of sense that they would be doing this for so long because they're trying to synthesize DNA or you know create a hybrid between them and us for whatever reason. There's all kinds of theories on that, and that makes the most sense to me. 
And uh, when you see, see people like Mark Zuckerberg, I'm starting to think they succeeded and actually made a hybrid alien human because there's some people out there right now, <clears throat> Biden, that don't seem to be <laughs> fully human. So that makes sense to me. But I do agree that I think most of them, especially now, are uh, either military or some other you know covert agency that's doing this shit. And they know that the, uh, the alien phenomena is in the zeitgeist now. So it's easy to pass off their shenanigans by that putting, you know, implanting memories or this is that super tinfoil hat, but I like it. Well, what better way to cover up actual UFO and alien sightings that the government knows and doesn't want the public to know about. Than right. To that's what I mean. Yeah. Misinformation. Well, exactly. When you, when you, um, it's, it's a, it's a phrase I use often on my, on my shows. Um, when you bring yourself down before anybody else does, you control the way that it happens. You know what I mean? You control yeah. the narrative. You it's it's and we can we can feel because the thing too is that you know the 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 guys and the girls at the at the CIA or the Pentagon or what have you, they're human just like us. Granted, some may be smarter than others and what have you, but let's let's filter it down to a more realistic example. If you got a room of ten people, you got ten friends, and there's a very embarrassing secret about yourself that you don't want them to know, but you think it's going to come out soon. What do you do? You spread the secret on your own and you twist it with a little bit of truth and a little bit of lies. And now you control the narrative because you said it first before everybody else. So now what are they going to come back at you with? Nothing. They have it. There's no, you just gave away your most important secret. Now, maybe, OK, you, you twisted it a little bit, but still, you see what I'm saying? As it plays broken telephone, once it gets to the 10th person, they're going to come to you. And then what are they going to say to you? Because you're just going to say, yeah, I admitted it. So what? And the CIA does that on a much more sophisticated level. They don't say we admit it. But again, they put the information out there and they say, OK, they put some of it out there and they say, decide for yourselves. You know, right. Yeah. It's like the, the guy at the party that goes around and leads with, I have a small dick. Uh, guess what? He owns that now and nobody can make fun no, of him, even if it is a large one. Or, mm. yeah. And the funny part is, is that the guy that rocks around the party and says, I got a small dick. Two things happen. First of all. You laugh with him because you can't make fun of him. He just said it himself. But secondly, right. do you know now you want to see it. Guys and women at that party are going. I kind of want to see it. I'm curious because nobody with actually a tiny dick is that confident. And it's like, right. I guess you will get. You're gonna have to find out. Like, follow me, or, or make up your own mind, or don't. I don't care. Like uh, the whole thing is is exactly that. It's the idea of saying I'm gonna drop the bomb that nobody else. I'm gonna I'm gonna cross that line that nobody else wants to cross. And then you can come talk to me about it. I just crossed it. Now what are you going to say? You got nothing left. Exactly. exactly. And that's the other thing too. They, what they'll do is they'll take, for example, um, they'll take legitimate images of UFOs or of aliens, uh, not really aliens as much, but UFOs. And they'll, they'll put them in a, uh, uh, they'll leak them to a tabloid magazine. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a real picture, but when you put a UFO, a real UFO up on a tabloid magazine with all the, you know, the sensationalistic headlines and the over-exaggerated drama and stuff, as you're walking through, you know, the grocery store and you see, you know, the, the shelf of the tabloid magazines, um, you know, when you're at the, the cash register or whatever, wherever you see them, it's kind of like you, you don't think twice about it because you're like, oh, come on, I just saw that in a, in a tabloid magazine, you're telling me that's real? You know yeah, what I mean? Completely and that's it. hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Well, exactly. The, the other way too is that 
you don't you don't argue the actual topic of substance you argue the extent to which people believe it so for example if you guys said to me you know hey let, pretend i'm an agent for the cia one of the cia's socialization and manipulation tools is controlling the conversation and that could be applied overall throughout many different areas of the intelligence community. So if you guys pretend I'm a CIA agent, right? And you guys said to me, hey, Dave, are, uh, are UFOs real? The first thing I would do is I would counter that with, well, do you believe they're real? So what, what we've now done is, and if you're, if you guys are kind people, you're then going to respect me and not say, Dave, why are you being a dick? You're just going to answer what I just asked. Right? So what's going to, what, what now we're discussing is not even our UFOs real. We we're discussing the extent to which we believe they're real. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And you it's flipped kind of, it. So you're, you're kind of controlling it because you're waiting for them to the, answer for Right. Us, and yeah. at the same time, I've now control, I've now curated and controlled the narrative, you know? Yeah, totally. Exactly. All right, man, we're going to call it a night. Uh, we got, you know, school tomorrow and all that shit. Not me personally, my kids, but... Uh, <laughs> no no problem, man. We yeah, appreciate no you coming me. on. Uh, thank thank you for your time. This is awesome. This is yeah, way man, longer than we usually go. Really but uh, no thank you, Murph, guys, for yeah, joining thank us. Thank you so much. And it was, it was great talking with you guys. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we'll have to do it again, man. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Thank you guys so much. All right, man. Have all a good right, night. Right. Have a good night. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining us on this free version of Legit Bat. If you want access to the second part of the David Zed interview, inter interview, in interview, whatever, uh, go over to patreon.com slash legitbatpodcast, sign up, send us a beer, and you will get the rest of this conversation we had with this dude. He's awesome. We talked about uh, deep underground military bases, anti-gravity technology, a bunch of other shit. We also ripped on Canadians for a minute because, you know, why not? But uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.